Welcome to Whole Woman Health. I am your host, Bethany Gadvoice, certified registered yoga teacher. Discover the healer within. We will discuss women's health, all things yoga, self-healing, healthy aging, facing pain, but also what your deepest passions are, what makes your heart beat. Any deep connected topic is on the table of discussion. Join me. Welcome to Whole Woman Health. In today's episode, we have a very special guest, Elise. And Elise is an Ayurvedic doula. And I'm so excited to have her on because I'm using her for my own sort of uh, long distance support with my babe coming. And she just has so much wisdom, and I can't wait to hear and share with you what Elise has to say. So Elise, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on this morning, and it feels really nice just to chat with you. Um, Like Bethany said, I am a birth and postpartum doula, as well as an Ayurvedic health counselor, and also teach prenatal, postpartum, and kind of everyday yoga. Awesome. Thank you, Elise. Thanks. So the the piece I'm excited about the most is the doula piece because I didn't have a doula with my first son birth and um, the Ayurvedic piece because, as you know, I'm also a fellow lover Mm -hmm. of all things Ayurveda. Um, But everything really about sort of what you offer, I just find so unique and like amazing that you have these offerings that are kind of rare but they're be- slowly becoming a little more popular um Thank so you do so you want to yeah so do you want to start with the doula piece because I still feel like in our today's world that some people don't even quite know what a doula does that there's a difference even between birth and postpartum and just mm-hmm. you know why someone could benefit from having a doula with their birth or pregnancy and birth? For sure. So um, a birth doula is a non-medical trained professional. And by non-medical meaning that uh, we don't take your vitals or blood pressure, anything of that nature. We are a support person for the birthing person. So we are teaching breath work and comfort measures. We do background on what is the anatomy of birth? What is the physiology of birth? What's happening in your muscles and your tendons and tissues? Uh, we focus a lot on the mind. Um, the mind can actually be the big difference in birth. So how can we quiet the mind? How can we let the mind take a back seat in the car as we are laboring along? Mm-hmm. Um, and how you can kind of stay present in those sensations. So we really work with the clients on even adjusting our language. So typically the word contraction, even the word in itself feels like a tightening, a gripping when in birth, it is all expansion, all surrender, all growing. So rather than saying contraction, I'll say surge. Rather than saying pain in labor, I will say sensation or wave or just change it up. Um, just because there's been studies even shown with uh, EKG machine on the brain that they had a nurse come up to the person doing the study Um, and stimulate as if they were about to go and draw blood. And the nurse said, okay, get ready for a quick pinch. And the brain lit up as if it was in pain, even though the nurse hadn't actually physically touched the person in the study. So we know that the brain loves to respond to the idea of pain because that is a safety measure in humans that 
If we're in pain, we need to flee. So it's really helping clients kind of breathe into that space, soften around the space, and also letting their partners know this is safe, this is normal. Although your partner is in pain, it's a productive pain. It's bringing this baby closer to the earth and closer to being born. Um, so it's truly kind of working wherever the birthing client is on their path and whatever type of birth they genuinely want, we help hold that space. We hold the container um, and really bringing the partner in. So the partner is such a vital force of the client feeling grounded and stable and supported and empowered. So by having their partner, their person be able to kind of hold that space, we call it their oxytocin bubble because um, mm -hmm. oxytocin creates the surges. And just really letting them know, again, of um, things they can expect, whether it's a hospital birth or a home birth, what some of the standard newborn care procedures are and what the client's preferences are on those newborn care procedures. Um, once baby is born, we are working on skin to skin and that beautiful golden hour. So letting baby initiate the breast crawl. Babies are so brilliant that they know and can sense the breast milk is present. Um, so it's insane and so wonderful and magical mm -hmm. to see them actually lift their head and start inching their body closer to the nipple. So we kind of gently facilitate that of every few minutes, helping them gently move a little bit closer, but really taking our time, um, recognizing that that newborn also just went through a very big transformational experience. So they're tired too. So really letting them acclimate to the world. And then uh, birth doulas also do two postpartum, if not three follow-up visits either in the hospital or in the home um, to, again, to really make sure that skin to skin is happening, that the birthing person is able to eat nice healing foods and also um, is working on breastfeeding if that's, again, their journey. So always catering to whatever this family or this client is looking for in their birth. It's never putting our own views on birth on them or our expectations or this needs to be fully natural or this needs to be the most medically <laughs> induced birth mm -hmm. ever. Um, and truly just honoring their space and really allowing that partnership to grow and blossom and strengthen as they go through such a transform transformational piece together. Um, so I do love to always let the clients know that their partner, by having a doula, their partner isn't being pushed to the side. It's really the doula bringing the partner in and just showing because otherwise especially for first-time moms but or first-time families. But even with a second or third baby, every birth is so different. Yeah. So by the doula being able to just kind of bring that partner in and just guide them and show them like, hey, this is some double hip squeezes you could do. Or, hey, have, just having a nice heavy-weighted hand on the birthing person's back is going to enough for that person to feel grounded and safe. Um, and then also checking on the partner of like, do you need to use the bathroom? Do you need to eat? Do you need to go take a walk? Because they're obviously going through all the emotions, um, obviously not as intensely, but they're still experiencing quite a bit. So it's really taking care of the whole fam. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. And when you were yeah, first it explaining is. it, um, the expansion of what it's, you know, that's the intention. Mm -hmm. You're giving me the chills already. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah, birth is so magical. It's hard not to get goosebumps every time we chat about it. Yeah. And then to balance that with the Ayurvedic side just feels so luscious and lovely and supportive. Um, so how I kind of weave Ayurveda into birth and especially postpartum um, and even into conception 
So it's really just um, recognizing where you are in life again. So what stage of life and also what stage of season did you conceive in winter? Did you conceive in summer? How is your body processing pregnancy? So are you feeling very flushed in the face? Are you getting a lot of night sweats and hot flashes and um, heartburn? So seeing what the qualities of your birth is for you and then mm-hmm. helping bring gentle balance through there. Um, birth work is, sorry, breath work is always uh, the first tool because it's so gentle yet so potent at the same time. Um, obviously, it's very easy to find. It's just within yourself. Um, so it's not like a physical tool you have to go out and purchase. And it's really just your anchor it really helps you drop back into the body. Um, and then also with Ayurveda, it's teaching um, easy to digest foods. It's foods that aren't going to help, aren't going to increase the fire. So really aren't going to activate the indigestion and heartburn even further. Right. Um, gentle herbal teas that are safe for pregnancy, certain pressure points that are safe for pregnancy. Um, of course, yoga and movement. And then postpartum, lots of solid, beautiful grounding foods with dark leafy greens and legumes and grains and sweet things. So um, that obviously that sweet quality in Ayurveda can even be warmed up milk. So having like a nice, beautiful turmeric milk or golden milk. Um, Sweetness can even be white rice or obviously dates or stewed apples. Um, So it's really so lovely to see When I'm coming in for postpartum clients, I usually bring some type of lactation cookie or muffin if they're breastfeeding or um, a gentle soup based on their dietary needs. And it's so wonderful to see the instant shift in their energy by being able to pack a warm meal and tell them to sit and that you've got it. You'll go change baby or you'll make sure baby's taken care of Mm -hmm. Um, because it truly allows everything in of oh, we just gave them a nourishing, warm, and easy-to-digest meal. Now they have slightly more energy. Their breast milk is easier to come in. And also now all of that abundance gets to trickle down to family and things. So taking care of that mother or that birthing person first, and then Mm -hmm. it's like putting on their oxygen mask first. So it's always caring for the birthing person and then letting all that beauty trickle down to babe and to partner which is so huge and important and lacking. Mm -hmm. So lacking. It's really, that's why it was so lovely to hear this morning, your midwife at the home with you. It just just tingles all over of just that intimacy and that hands-on care and just so beautiful of the experience. I get so excited for you with this babe and this pregnancy. I know. And it's, it's just, I, I, you know, no judgment as we do in yoga, like how things happened Mm -hmm. as is, um, my first birth obviously birthed me and this new journey mm-hmm. I've been on. And if, if it didn't happen that way, who knows really? if I would have gone down that path. So exactly. either way, um, I have the previous experience. I knew I wanted to do it different. I'm lining everything mm-hmm. up. And this is why I'm choosing what I'm choosing now. And just like hearing you describe it already gives me comfort because mm-hmm. I was ex- explaining to my midwife and her apprentice that I think at night if I think about the birth and how I'm like oh right the baby still has to come out somehow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I do get a little caught in my head and I'm like Mm -hmm. you know I have those pretty they're just normal fears it's like Mm -hmm. everyone has them so I just let them know and 
Um, I just know I have the tools to work with things differently this time. I have, Mm -hmm. I'm putting supports in place to do it differently. So just like you said, instead of like contracting and closing up, like my goal is to let it unfold and Mm. expand and just try to ride through it the best way I can with all the things that I put in place. Like that's the goal. So lovely. Really so lovely. Yeah, yeah, just that allowance. And like you mentioned, too, it's really just the mind that is our biggest, biggest challenge, because mm-hmm. it will be the mind that's saying, Bethany, this is too much. Bethany, we can't do this. Bethany, mm-hmm. we've got to run. Um, so trying to work with clients, I mentioned that this will happen. And it's okay, that wall will come that you say, I cannot go any further. And that's when you just let us know, like, I'm kind of hitting that wall and we gather Mm -hmm. around you and we give you all the tools you need to help you climb that wall and get up and over. Um, And I always like to prompt clients too of, so say you're in active labor I let them know if say they're on a body ball, kind of doing some big hip circles. Okay. So we'll pretend it's you. Hey, Bethany, you've been on the body ball for about 10 minutes. It seems like it's really working well for you. So let's hang out here another 15 minutes. And then after that, I'm going to have you get up and just sit on the toilet for 10 minutes because that's going to help open up the pelvis and help the Mm -hmm. body relax and shift. And then from there, we'll get you in bed and get you supported with a peanut ball under the leg. Um, Because that way, it really, all the questions of, say, if you were doing the hip circles on the body ball, your brain would be doing or possibly doing an endless, why am I here? How long do I have to be here? What am I doing after this? What's going on? Right. So if I'm able to nip that in the bud and really help the brain just calm those fears by giving you information of this is where you are, this is why you're here, this is how long you'll be here, and this is where you're going next. So truly, yeah, a huge part of um, a doula's job is really just quieting the client's mind, letting them know they're safe, they're capable, this is all normal. And that birth takes a long time. Yeah. Whether it's a natural birth or an induction or babies um, from the moment of, and again, birth also may go very quickly. (laughs) Yeah. But the more we can kind of let ourselves know it's okay, that birth may last three to four to five days and that's normal and that's healthy. And granted, it could also last three to four hours and baby is out swiftly. Um, but just letting clients know it's okay. It's a process. Yeah. Baby's safe. You are safe. I'm just tuning back into that present moment. Right. So essentially the work you're doing is mind-body work in, in those mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. And what I like about how you described it is because it's such an unpredictable event and there's already enough of that unknown mm-hmm. that you're giving just enough pieces of information where it's like, okay. I have something to, I know what's coming after Mm -hmm. this, even if you don't know where the birth exactly is going, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to do this next position or whatever it is. And that gives some ease and comfort just by knowing one thing that will happen. Definitely. Absolutely. That's pretty incredible that you, yeah, a little bit of like short term reassurance of, okay, just get through the, we always say with each breath, get, get through one breath and go on to the next. So with each surge and kind of surrendering after the end of each surge. Um, I always laugh when I say certain analogies because they always remind me of my dad, but they work so well, but work smart, not hard. Yeah. Um, so in labor, not having you do giant deep squats and huge lunges for hours, you're going to be exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why we really love to weave in time in bed, but we have you propped up so that the inlet of the pelvis is still open or the outlet based on baby's location. 
Um, so baby has a station in the pelvis, so wherever they are. So it's really working with the body and with baby. Um, again, birth is so fascinating in the physiology of birth that if baby still is um, just kind of floating around in the amniotic sac, they're not engaged in the hips yet, that's when we want to open up the inlet of the pelvis versus if baby is already engaged in the pelvis and coming through the birth canal, that's when we want to open up the outlet of the pelvis. And those are tiny, tiny little movements. It really comes down to are your knees turned outward to open up the inlet of the pelvis mm -hmm. or are your knees coming inward to open up the outlet? Right. So again, not needing to do big, giant, deep squats at the end of labor because baby is already in the birth canal and you actually need to make more space in the bottom than where when you're doing a deep squat, you're bringing those sit bones closer together. You're kind of closing off that birth canal. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really sense. so cool just to like allow baby to kind of guide the movements and, um, and then another silly analogy that works really well with even the partners too to understand is that if we can look at birth almost like a triathlon and you are a triathlete, you're going to be training and, you know, increasing your oxygen levels and getting ready for this race. But you also know you have three separate segments. You have the bicycling, the running and the swimming. So same with labor. You have early labor, active labor, and then pushing and birthing out this babe. So we want to make sure that you can rest and restore and then work when you need to rest and restore work when you need to so that we can get you to that finish line still with energy, still feeling empowered. Um, so really knowing when to rest, when to have snacks, when to drink some tea, when to hydrate and then when to move the body. Yeah, that's huge because mm -hmm. a few points on that. First, mm -hmm. I feel that we prepare for so many events in our life, like even our wedding mm -hmm. day, or you for can sure. compare it to, like we said, a triathlon. And for some, like for me, my experience, we attended one free birthing class, just one. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the hospital like, oh, yeah, we're ready. And we literally <laughs> did not know what was coming. So mm -hmm. it just is odd to me that we don't prepare birth the same way we do, like all these other you know, just major events, major milestones, but also the physical piece of getting the body, you know, ready. And mm -hmm. even in prenatal yoga, when I'm teaching, I've noticed a difference between first time moms or subsequent. And the first time is kind of this, like, everything's new, it's different, the unknown. And even with my pregnancy, I hadn't moved like, at all, I was very sedentary. I had mm -hmm. back labor, which I know my son was more in the back because the head is heaviest. <laughs> and I was like, why, why didn't anyone, I mean, I know mm -hmm. they sort of encourage like, you know, prenatal yoga or whatever, mm -hmm. but you know, no one really emphasized like you are going to go through the most intense thing in your life mm -hmm. with your body. So to do a couple squats or like hold some yoga poses, you know, to get prepared is barely scratching the surface of what you'll mm -hmm. be doing <laughs> mm -hmm. so it's just odd to me you know we could talk about how things need to change for ever but when I teach like I'll have um I'll have everyone do like goddess pose say you know where it's doing, yeah, like, the higher mm -hmm. yeah the higher squat and you do start feeling the sensation like mm -hmm. your legs are kind of like for oh sure. We're noticing, and I love to say this is just a small example of 
when you start noticing sensation and again, using the right Mm -hmm. language, Mm -hmm. but you also know, Hey, when it's too much for me, I can get out of this pose. I can hopefully change positions depending on the birth setup, but like just to know you have choice and options. And I feel like that isn't emphasized enough that we actually do have choices. Like if a position isn't working, change it you know Mm -hmm. like get out of it try something new just move around whatever you need to do like you said Mm -hmm. depending on the position of the knees like but you need the right people there to kind of guide that truly truly because even in the moment yeah you get overcome kind of with those sensations so by being able to teach the partner ahead of time of okay this is uh so spinning babies does the three sisters of relaxation and they're really lovely, gentle comfort measures that the partner can do or a doulas can do where it just helps loosen the fascia in the muscles and tendons. Mm -hmm. And with that whole body birthing, um, it just allows the muscles to surrender once the fascia can surrender. So again, with birth, it's less about strength and way more about surrender. And again, really cool with the physiology when the muscles are tight the vaginal muscles are going to be tight. So when the vocal cords are tight, vaginal yep. muscles are tight. So even our pitch, if um, and it's such a normal human response that when we get anxious, our pitch goes higher. So it goes, ah, because yeah. you're so nervous. And then your shoulders go up and your chest tightens and your throat tightens. So as above, same below, that's all happening in the vagina and the uterus and everything is contracting. Where yes. if we do low, deep tones of, Oh, it allows. So when the vocal cords are loose, then vaginal muscles can be loose too. So really just, yeah, like you said, working with the body and it can be the most gentle positions. And I think people get really nervous. Some people may overthinking of how am I going to be doing yoga through labor? That sounds insane. And it genuinely can be the most minute little tiny little movements um, because gravity is your greatest friend too. So one of my yeah. favorite ones is just the client leaning over the back of an armchair or a recliner or a tall couch. So their upper body is totally draped over that structure, that furniture. And then their lower body, they have the legs nice and wide and they have a gentle bend in the knees. And then they're yeah. just making little side to side figure eights with the hips. Mm-hmm. They can um, come up on their tippy toes and then back on their heels. Yep. But um So not having to expend too much energy, but really gives baby the time and the space to drop down into the pelvis. And yeah, always again, uh, with my dad in mind, working smart, not hard, (laughs) just really letting them um, gently move the body so that they can retain that energy and using the breath and using their partner. So really kind of those tools. Um, And then there's even great ones where on picture day in kind of elementary school, we used to always get those plastic hair combs so those are actually such a great um pain management tool so any of those plastic hair combs you would take the bristle like the teeth of the comb in toward the palm of one of your hands and then grip the comb in your palm make a nice tight fist and it just hits enough pressure points in the palm that it kind of subsides the signal to the brain of all the other sensations that are happening Mm. in the lower body and like, it's just a nice tool of, again, we got to quiet that brain down. It's the brain who's going to be telling us, ah, you can't do this. <laughs> when the muscles in the body and the hormones, everything else is in it and ready to go. Um, so the mind is always our biggest challenge on everyday life, too. It's always our mind who's telling us all sorts of silly things. 
so yeah so any type of little tool or trick we can do I'm buying that comb immediately (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really really great it's so so nice because um birthing people end up finding a rhythm and kind of a pattern so you may notice yourself once it gets to active labor um some people kind of tap their foot or they gently knock they almost like gently punch their leg or just do little things to like kind of disrupt that signal and the comb naturally does that. So it's so nice. So instead of them having to like figure something out of like, how do I release some of this sensation that's happening? Uh, the comb oh. is a great trick. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of good tricks. This yeah. Like... It's all been taught. It's all been taught <laughs> by other really phenomenal birth workers. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just quickly add, and then I, I have an, another kind of question for you, but sure. in my prenatal yoga training, which was phenomenal, um, it's called birthing mama prenatal yoga, but my teacher, she de- dedicated this whole, it's basically holistic prenatal yoga, pregnancy, postpartum, all of the, all of the above. And she, Beautiful. just like you described, she was like, do the low guttural, like just get loose, mm. let your jaw hang open, do horse lips. Mm-hmm. Let, just let that be sort of the direction of the love sphincters let the cervix open mm-hmm. you know just who cares right who mm-hmm. cares what you look like or sound like because this is what will work for opening and expanding so I just love hearing that you know as a thread through the community definitely it's powerful um, the breath is so powerful and it's yeah. even fun to give that power back to the clients and I try to make everything lighthearted and like make little jokes so they don't feel as self-conscious um, but if we could picture even like a toddler when they get mad they clench their fist and they clench their little face but they almost bend their knees and squat a bit and go Ugh! and mm-hmm. we do it too it's like a growl So in those moments when that client is maybe starting to feel overwhelmed by the sensations or really starting to kind of take them over when the waves of that sensation comes, um, gentle prompts of, it's okay, get mad at those surges. This isn't fun. Like This isn't the best time you've ever had. You're allowed to not push back on them because we want to welcome them, but, um, you know, get mad, bear down, do that guttural... Yeah. Um, and then it's also like welcome them in and softening around them and yeah. allow them. Um, I've heard other things in the birth world that sometimes clients think is a bit too much. <laughs> other times clients really love it, but welcoming in the surges as if they were an unexpected guest, but you're happy to see them, but it's your home and you have ground rules. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of welcoming them, but this is how it's going to go. And then just knowing too of that surrender after the surge is also just as important of the kind of power behind the sensation. So knowing when you get to the bottom of that wave of fully surrendering, fully letting go, taking a break, taking some water, like you mentioned, like crack a smile, lift your face, make some eye contact. Sometimes when the sensations get to be too much, the client will close their eyes and kind of really squish up their face. So just Mm -hmm. opening up your eyes, lifting up the heart. Another time birthing people, they just naturally, of course, were more hunched over. So in between surges, just encouraging them to come more upright, take a nice full deep breath, check out what Mm -hmm. time of day it is, what is the sky doing, just so they can kind of recalibrate. Um, Sometimes with birth, it just becomes, it feels like you are in and by no means do I mean this a derogatory, but like the twilight zone, like you don't really know what time of day or how much time has passed. And it just, yeah. 
you almost feel like you're the only person in the whole world. And then so by being able to open your eyes and check out what time of day it is, what's going on, you re-regulate of like, okay, it's a, just a Tuesday afternoon, just a regular Tuesday, <laughs> millions of people <laughs> at birth, like we've got this. Because other times it really just feels a bit like you're the only human going through this, like where else yeah. is everybody in the world? So kind of just reacclimating yourself too. Yeah, I think part of my fear is like remembering the back labor. And I know if baby's in a better position, which is mm-hmm. another reason for prenatal or just the hands and knees, like just get mm-hmm. on your hands and knees. But mm-hmm. I think, you know, riding through it, it's like you feel that it's too much and you won't make it. And that's where the mind is saying, this is where we've had enough or whatever block the wall. But right. then you do get that surrender that break and that's where you can kind of you know recollect collect your bearings and know it's going to come again but like if you can get into and I know that the rhythm exists you know mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. I probably got there at some point I saw kind of a blur still but getting mm-hmm. into that rhythm of like whatever it works in that moment to to ride through it and you know that you're going to make it it's not permanent it's temporary and it gets you closer to your baby so I do appreciate what you said about either kind of showing your power to like yes they're powerful but you're also powerful or Mm -hmm. kind of accepting or saying welcoming it Mm because it's not gonna go away so how are you gonna make it better to get through Mm -hmm. like there's really only two ways to go so Mm -hmm. you gotta get through it exactly softening around them and welcoming those waves in exactly yeah yeah that's it's it's work <laughs> it is it is yeah it's definitely not an easy feat by any means it takes um control so one of the things I wanted to get into which you've been sharing so amazingly and already already all these great tips that I'm like writing down furiously awesome. for okay. myself <laughs> thank you um but I did want to speak a little bit about with the Ayurveda piece and just how important nutrition truly is throughout pregnancy, but especially postpartum, because for me and my experience, I ended up with a postpartum thyroid disorder Mm -hmm. and it's managed, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm way healthier now anyway, but I know it's common and I know we can get deficient, especially if you're Mm -hmm. breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel like it's one of those subjects that isn't spoken about or educated absolutely enough so if you wouldn't mind bestowing your wisdom upon us about oh thank you maybe your go-tos or what why it's so important to support yourself nutritionally throughout but especially postpartum or just you know what you typically recommend to, to your clients absolutely I love that so much because postpartum genuinely lasts forever. So the more we can help clients right after birth really start to bring in those vital nutrients and components so that their body can reestablish. Because obviously with pregnancy, like you mentioned, calcium levels may be down, iron, protein, all sorts of things. And then even our digestion, our digestive fire or our agni is also compromised. So pregnancy is genuinely or generally considered a pitta phase of a person's life. There's a lot of transformation and growth and fire. Your blood volume increases by 40%, which is unreal. So there's all sorts of real solid um, changes happening to the body, but also 
energetic changes as well. So um, postpartum is considered vata time with air and space. So after baby's born, there is a bit of that extra space where baby was, where the uterus has expanded, and also where all of the other organs have shifted and made space for baby. Now all need to make their way back. So there tends to be a feeling of ungroundedness, a little bit of unstableness, especially since it is our root chakra, um, that things just don't feel as sturdy. So with that vata component and knowing, okay, there's an abundance of air and space, I wanna bring balance to those qualities with warmth and moisture. So those are the two main, most wonderful, magical treats you could do for yourself postpartum is have foods be cooked in water. So um, again, a great example is carrots. If you want to cook some carrots, if you want to roast carrots or boil them or steam them, both are nutritional, both are great. You're still eating vegetables, but when we are roasting the vegetables, we're extracting the moisture from the vegetable. And then when we're consuming it, our body is having to rehydrate it before digesting it and processing it. So simple changes of having steamed vegetables or vegetables sautéed with oil and spices especially are the greatest way to go. Because um, again, spices are just also a power tool. So don't shy away from any spices any time of life. Um, and we'll talk about heating versus cooling. So some spices, all foods are either heating or cooling or kind of neutral. With it being postpartum, we do want more heating foods, but always in balance. So again, if you're birthing in the middle of July and it's a heat wave, we're not going to be having you chew on red pepper or anything yeah. like that. Um, but still sipping warm water, warm teas, warm soups, steamed fruit, steamed vegetables. Because um, again, a raw apple is still nutritious, still amazing for the body. But if we're able to heat some ghee or some sunflower oil in a pan, and then we add a pinch of mineral salt and some cinnamon and cardamom and nutmeg and ginger. Mm -hmm. um, and then we throw in some chopped apples uh, yes. and a little bit of vanilla and then a little bit of water and we steam them that way. They are so delicious. And then the cinnamon's helping regulate blood sugars. Cardamom is helping with all sorts of nutrients. So everything, clove is a natural um, gentle pain reliever. So it's really, and also helps quiet the mind. So again, don't shy away from spices either and fresh herbs, um, but also continuing with that warmth and adding water. So warm liquids, warm foods, and then really helping. So with postpartum, we like to talk to the clients ahead of time about how they can start delegating some of their tasks of you're always going to have, or not always, but family and friends are going to want to be there for you. So how can we find really wonderful ways that are actually beneficial to the new family? That um, So maybe you develop a meal train and mealtrain.com is a free resource and it's set up so well where it looks like a calendar and the family gets to see who chose what date and also what they're bringing. And the family gets to choose, um, they get to say what time of day is best for the food to be delivered, if there's any allergies or food preferences, all sorts of great things. Um, so really using your community, your village, your family, um, say you have a dog that is going to need a walk every day or every other day. Maybe you have a really good friend who loves your dog and that's what their gift to you postpartum is. Hey, I'm going to come over once a week and walk your dog so that dog doesn't go crazy with energy. Or mm -hmm. maybe you have family 
um, across the country and they want to do something. So they gift you a laundry service and laundry service always sounds so kind of extra and extravagant, but for you not to be having possibly go up and down stairs to do laundry after birth or worry about it. And you get to just put it out on the front steps. It's washed and returned to you. Um, so it's really allowing services like that of how can your community come in and help you so that you get to retain that energy. Cause like you mentioned, if postpartum kind of is forgotten about or rushed and kind of swept under the rug and you're off about doing all sorts of things and kind of not honoring that fourth trimester or that 40 day cycle, um, that's when the body does start to get more depleted and deprived. So you'd really start to feel it in the muscles and the tendons in the bones. So with it being vata, vata is um, found in the bones and bone structure. So it's things like feeling carpal tunnel in the wrist because you're always holding baby or holding a bottle or doing something. It's feeling achy in the knees and the joints. It's having a restless mind. It's not sleeping well. It's dry skin. It's less milk production. I really... Uh, nutrition can truly kind of put a a dam, I guess, against that big tidal wave. It really helps kind of hold the true health of that client back into place to revitalize the body. And like you said, it's kind of so sad. We don't put any focus. My huge goal in the world is to change hospital food because um, I bring food for my clients or even if it's um, for labor, I always have a bag. Sometimes in birth, providers will say that the client can only have clear liquids. So I always keep a little bag of clear liquid things. So it's a organic veggie bouillon that at least they could have a little veggie bouillon to sip on. So a little vegetable broth. So it feels yeah. warm and satiating right after postpartum. Cause some hospitals, depending on what time your baby is born, if it's 1am, their kitchen is closed. They don't have anything for you. Sometimes they have like cold turkey sandwiches, which again is oh. delicious, but since it's cold and it's heavy cold bread, there's always cold lettuce, cold tomato, cold mayonnaise, cold mustard. And you just, maybe you haven't eaten in 12 hours. Maybe you haven't eaten in 24 hours. So for you to go and put that into the body, everything kind of freezes and it's going to mm. just sit so heavily and you're going to feel more tired <laughs> than um, actually oh. if you had to eat. So yeah, it's really, say if we have, a battery and that battery is at a hundred percent our body and meaning like our body is this battery. We have to be able to delegate our own energy. So if we're eating foods that are hard to digest or really dry and our body has to rehydrate them and then break them down to assimilate them throughout the body systems, that is taking a huge chunk out of our battery percentage that is now not going towards healing. So if our body has very easy to digest foods, that's easy to digest, easy to assimilate, those nutrients and vitamins are just beaming all over to the body very quickly and easily, that's more energy that the body can delegate to healing and restoring and tissue recovery and repair. So it really couldn't be more priceless to focus on digestion and healing and health postpartum. Mm. Oh my God, you are nailing it. And the only thing I'll add is in the nervous system. Like when you're mm. eating nutritious, you know, easy to digest food, you your body knows it's safe and feels mm -hmm. calm. And you're mm -hmm. right, like the healing process can happen and continue. Whereas if we're forcing it to work harder, like it just makes me right. so sad for how hard our bodies work for us. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, Oh, and if you 
I know with your passion and your determination, if you change hospital food, like that alone is like so necessary. And for all clients, even, um, so my background coming into Ayurveda was through being diagnosed with Crohn's disease in my early twenties. And times where I'd be in the hospital with this digestive issue and then given a normal diet or even given things that again, like Western allopathic medicine thought was healthy. So it'd be like, oh, some Greek yogurt so we can give her protein and it's easy to digest, but it's cold and it's unctuous and it's heavy and it's not actually easy to digest. Um, So it was such a disconnect and it really, that's really what brought me into Ayurveda. So kind of your same blessing of you mentioned your son's births birthed you in this path and this amazing expansion and growth and learning. It's kind of that same way with Ayurveda of going through Crohn's disease, recognizing the options that were offered was a lot of prednisone and autoimmune suppressants. Um, And then being told time and time again that my diet had nothing to do with Crohn's disease. It just, (laughs) you just want to (laughs) just like laugh, like this is so silly. Um, So it is one of those things where like the digestion and nutrition and really helps the body just recalibrate. So yes, changing hospital food for all patients. Yeah. Um, Even I had an aunt who had heart procedure and they gave her a Salisbury steak after her heart procedure. So it's like almost comical. You're just like, are you for real? (laughs) What's happening? Um, So really, I would love to be able to change that. And even just by having these conversations beginning to change it so that clients can know like, oh, I could just pack some veggie bouillon and ask for hot water. Oh, my I'll make some veggie broth at home and have it frozen in a cooler with us. Um, Cause you can bring your own food to the hospital and the partner could leave and go get you something else. Um, yeah. That's good advice too. I agree. So like until it changes, just educating, advocating, mm-hmm. no, people knowing you do have options. You don't have to mm-hmm. just agree or say yes to everything that's offered to you, you know, mm-hmm. pregnancy or not. That's just right yes. across the board. Yes, definitely. But, I just love it. Like everything you're Mm -hmm. bringing up is what is in my heart. And first of all, just to kind of be light about the situation. Okay. So I know some of my family will listen to this. So mealtrain.com and laundry service. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. And even one beautiful silver lining of the pandemic is we all became much more comfortable with grocery delivery. So yes. if you have a grocery delivery service and someone wants to take over that for a few deliveries, yes. so many great ways that you can really have your family support you. They're going to feel honored to support you rather than them just kind of coming to the house and hanging out. And then you're now hosting in-laws and relatives. Yeah, yeah really reserve that energy in all senses. So chatting is actually the biggest expenditure of energy, just talking and having conversations. So it may seem like having your family over to visit postpartum wouldn't be too bad, but it ends up feeling so exhausting at the end because you're not as resting as much as you should. You're chatting. You're probably feeling like you should offer them tea or something. Um, So really let the family know, like, you're more than welcome to come over. I have a load of wash that needs to be switched and (laughs) the dishwasher needs to be run. And do you mind running the vacuum? Kind of setting that tone gently. Um, And it does help when it comes from the doula. So it's nice when the doula is like, okay, family members, this is what you do. So that the new parents don't have to feel like they're kind of bad guys. Yeah, bossing around. I know. Well, that's where I know it's different in in our Western culture. Like I know Mm -hmm. in Eastern, even an Ayurvedic perspective or approach is you literally 
dote on the mother after mm-hmm. the mother's nursing the baby everyone around her is like making sure her body's healing and comfortable and they're just feeding her warm mm-hmm. drinks and warm food and I'm like whoa why I mean right. I could ask why all day long but mm-hmm. just that whole separation like we give birth this huge thing happened it's still kind of to be quite frank a masculine downplayed like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. great job 100 you know right. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. you really do need that time to first just be honored for what happened and mm-hmm. then the other pieces not just have everyone come over for the baby like the mother right the mothering and yes I struggle with that because you do feel like the bad guy and you want everyone to see the baby but you also know that you you need this time you need to be kind of quiet and introspective and you need to kind of be selfish and ask for Mm -hmm. all these almost luxurious things like you're saying and it's really not like that it's just the way it's been arranged here and definitely even if people came and made you know like a soup or something like anything like that would be amazing (laughs) amazing it really would and in the same breath it's just one of those things where it's so silly because if it was, again, major heart surgery or major abdominal surgery or major knee surgery, everyone would totally understand of rest, rest, don't get up, don't put weight on that knee, you rest your little body. And here we are bringing in a whole other human into the world. And luckily, like you said, the tide is changing, the environment is changing, that recognition, there is much more focus on that fourth trimester or the first 40 days. Yes. Um, so now it really is kind of educating our parents' generation of this is a great way to be a really solid grandparent and really supportive. And we love your company and not saying you have to clean our whole home, but like you mentioned, make a nice bowl of warm soup and it will go so far. And that's always like what humans, exactly how you mentioned of the aunties and the mamas and the sisters would all just come gather around. Um, And that's where our society is fully lacking. Yeah. So I'm hoping to have that a little bit different than with the first and again we're still lucky in so many ways but I just know Mm -hmm. I was very depleted and I none of what happened after like contributed to me healing very well it all contributed Mm -hmm. to me being becoming deficient and just so withdrawn in the laundry oh my god I didn't pull Mm -hmm. laundry for a year and I didn't care Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's it's just another area, I guess, of where people can feel like, you know what, you actually can speak up and have a voice and not feel bad about it. Like the whole say no and don't mm-hmm. feel bad and, you know, don't just right. try to make everyone else feel comfortable because it does come at your own expense. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. happen right then, it usually catches up to you in a couple yes. of years or 10 yes. years later. Truly. Absolutely. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so in- incredible what you've shared and how rich all of this is. Um, I could talk to you for days. <laughs> yeah, it is so great to have these conversations. I love it. I love speaking with you too. Yeah. So, I mean, we are getting close to an hour, so we might want to mm-hmm. try to tie things up. But sure. is there anything you feel really strongly about right now about the birth community or just where we are in the world like that you feel is worth kind of bringing awareness to or sharing that you feel very strongly about besides changing the hospital food 
<laughs> but anything else that you really feel you want to bring up while we're connecting today? Sure, definitely. The Some really exciting components that are coming along that will hopefully bring a whole wave of support throughout the nation and the globe. Rhode Island passed the Rhode Island doula reimbursement bill last year, and it goes into effect in July this year, July of 22. So all Medicaid people, people on Medicaid and all private insured people are able to receive doula care and postpartum care. There'll be an allotted amount of money that they get to delegate where those services are going. So just the fact that we were able as a doula community, so the Rhode Island doulas wrote the bill, we <laughs> testified for the bill, we wrote for the bill, uh, got it through the Senate and the House of Representatives, and then finally passed last year, feels tremendous. And it was so many hands on deck, many brilliant doulas who wrote that whole bill and did so, so much of that work to see it through. Um, the fact that now insurance is going to be required, that every single birthing person is allotted this you know, stipend for doula care feels like a huge step in the right direction and makes me so emotional just to think it's not an accessibility thing. Doula care should absolutely never be for the elite or the well-off or the people who mm. can financially afford it. It's those impoverished country communities that need this support the most. Um, so knowing that Medicaid and private insurers will be covered feels like <laughs> such a glorious win. Um, and then just moving forward with all of that. So making sure that we have enough doulas who are trained now. So especially doulas of color and women of color so that mm -hmm. black birthing women, black birthing people can be supported by a black doula to really conquer, not conquer, but really just put our focus on the black maternal health care and really yeah. reducing the black maternal health rate or more mobility rate is really terrible. Um, so that's a nice silver lining in a pretty dark gray cloud is that through a lot of advocacy and push by many, many, many people, um, it's really coming together. So hoping that Massachusetts and Connecticut and everywhere else will kind of follow suit within the next year or two once they see the way Rhode Island's coming together. So now it's a lot of, like you mentioned, education on doula support and also what it entails. So what's more powerful is that the doulas were able to write that any person who had, and again, it's medical jargon because it's the insurance world. So they had to word it kind of poorly, but it's any person with a diagnosed pregnancy. And I know that sounds ridiculous. Um, oh, that oh person, right. <laughs> um, with a diagnosis of pregnancy. pathology. <laughs> you are sick. Exactly. It's so bad. Um, but the beauty is that regardless of how that pregnancy carries out, whether it is a miscarriage or a stillbirth, that person is entitled to care, whether it has to be um, a medical abortion, whether it's an elected abortion, that person still gets to receive care. So that is our hugest achievement. That really gets me so choked up and also amped up to just keep on allowing these services or getting these services into everyone's hands. So that education piece of even if you had, you still deserve care after a stillbirth. You deserve all of the care after a stillbirth, after a miscarriage, after an abortion. You deserve this help regardless of the way this pregnancy has exactly, come about. Yeah. And um, that's a powerful, powerful place we're in right now. So that feels really great. 
So, oh, um, and just incredible. to plug it a little bit, um, yeah, go so for if it. Anyone ever wanted to make a donation? It's ribirthworkercoop.com. So it's called the Rhode Island Birthworker Cooperative. Um, we're doing a merchandise campaign, so you can buy some cool T-shirts and sweatshirts to help support us. And then also, um, if you want to make an individual or organizational donation, there's a support link there. So thank you for letting me plug that. Of course, I'll include it in my write-up. And I've been meaning to donate. I saw it on one of your stories or or whoever. Yeah, I have a goal to, you know, help out in a small way. But I find It's always appreciated. Yeah, anything helps, right? But it's just Mm -hmm. so incredible that you're a part of that work. And look what happened. It came to be. Mm. And you're right. Like, to have that filter over to the surrounding states is so needed um mm-hmm. so when is that officially in effect where people can take advantage of those july of 2022 so currently the rhode island birth workers cooperative is onboarding owners so being cooperative our members are owners and we're helping them walk through the stages they have to become there's a rhode island certification board they get a rhode island perinatal doula certificate from and then there's a bit of a process with qualifications to be accepted to accept insurance. So you have to like Rhode Island for insurers, we have neighborhood blue cross blue shields and United. So then birth workers have to go to those three separate as well as Medicaid insurers and um, file to be a provider. So it's a somewhat of a process, but that's where funding for the Rhode Island birth work cooperative is so important because we're, doing this work to educate the community and educate the doulas and also kind of guiding the doulas through this process so that there can be birth workers accepting insurance. So that's kind of one, um, not barrier, but it's something that as a birth worker, you can't just say, oh, I accept insurance. Come on over. You have to go through this quite, not quite lengthy, but it's a process. Um, So it's really giving the doulas the information on how they do it. They have to be HIPAA certified. They have to take a food safety course because if you're in postpartum work, you're usually cooking for clients. So it's really extensive and um, well-rounded care. So it's really great to see. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. I'm so happy for you and to hear and just happy for the people that can take advantage of it. And it's me too. Like it goes Me without too. saying, you know, it should be accessible. But I'm so mm-hmm. I'm so glad for the step in the right direction. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so this has been more than amazing to speak with you and I would love to have you on again just to continue the conversation of just where it takes us. Um I, I just love, you know, everything you're about and what the work that you do. It's truly it makes a difference. Thank you so much. I have loved speaking with you this morning. It really is always so great to connect with you and then to touch upon our both of our favorite subjects. So we just both get to kind of nerd out and love on it and get all excited. It feels so good. Yes. And I, <laughs> I'm going to be in touch with you. We already are. But what I can do for mm-hmm. my own experience. Wonderful. And I'll be oh, yes. Sharing yes. all the good stuff with anyone else who will be going Amazing. Through. Mm-hmm. this lovely Love. time so let's keep in touch and <laughs> oh, thank you of course. for your time and your whole woman wisdom absolutely it was my pleasure thank you so much for having me on today bethany i loved it mm-hmm. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Whole Woman Health, please leave feedback. I hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening.